This is the Plot Blueprint Podcast, where we will be discussing all sorts of aspects of story. Welcome, writers. This is the Plot Blueprint Podcast, and we're taking questions from listeners. And uh, so here's one from Charles. Why don't you read? Hello. I heard you talk about plot at the Pikes Peak conference. You mostly talked about three-act plots, but said that five-act and four-act were also common. Can you explain those structures and how they differ from three-act structure? Charles. Okay, Charles, uh, let me think a minute. Um, the three-act structure is the most common structure, and um, that is what I generally teach just because it's the easiest then to get the, the drama um, kind of expeditiously into your plot and then um, resolve it fairly quickly. So if we're talking about a 300-page book or um, a, a two-hour uh, long movie, the three-act structure often um, lets you get everything you need to get in pretty efficiently. Um, but let's go with the five-act structure first, because the five-act structure applies mostly to plays, and especially plays coming out of the Renaissance or Shakespearean period. And um, really, that's just an elaborated three-act structure. You still have the same sort of first act, which is a setup, and will last about maybe 20-25% of the um, time of the play. And you still have the final act, which is another 20-25%, perhaps, and that is uh, what gets you out of the play, uh, where the re resolution is. And in the middle of where, in a three-act structure, you have a long act three, um, in dramas, that's usually broken into three acts. So you have act two, act three, act four, uh, uh, which is the middle of the play. Um, and I just read a really interesting idea of why plays developed during the Shakespearean time, which was the, the time when theater really, um, in England at least, got going and got to be an institution. Um, it, the, the, back then, there were open-air theaters like the Globe, uh, where the light was all provided by the sun, and then there were um, other theaters which would have plays at night, and so they had to be artificially lit. And of course, they didn't have electricity back then. Um, and so the lighting was done by candles or torches. And so they needed time in the middle to keep going and um, trimming the wick of the candles or relighting the torches or refueling them. And so it was a very practical reason why you needed more than just three, uh, more than just three acts. Um, there was also a need uh, which um, is still used in theater today, a need to allow the patrons to go out into the lobby and spend some money during intermission <laughs> on, on their drinks and th their food. And so the more spaces you have for people to you know, go out and go to the bathroom or go out and buy a Coke, uh, the more money probably the theater would bring in. The other thing is, is in, in between sets or in between acts was when uh, the, the, the stagehands could come out and change the sets. Uh, you know, the curtain would come down, they'd come and change the sets. And so if you were going to have more than one set, which Shakespeare's plays often had several sets, um, you'd need several breaks there. So that's so. It, it, just think of the five-act structure as a three-act structure with the middle act broken up. 
Um, and so that would have very little effect on how you plot uh, between the three act and the five act. But if you're going to, um, you know, plot long, you know, two and a half, three hour long plays, um, generally those are done now in five acts and have been for hundreds of years. Now the four act structure is a lot different. Um, in the four act structure, you still have setup, rising action, and resolution. So you still have the, the same very basic components you have in the three act structure. What's different though is that in the four act structure, the crisis or the worst thing that's going to happen happens in the middle. And that allows time for the dread and the, uh, the preparation and, you know, all the stuff where people start recognizing that the apocalypse is coming and, um, oh, this is going to be the worst snowstorm ever or, you know, whatever it is. Um, it gives time to set up the anticipation of the audience and the characters also. Uh, and then right in the middle would be the crisis. In the three-act structure, we have the crisis at the end of the second act um, or the beginning of the third act. Um, and in a four-act structure, it's right in the middle, which is the end of the second act, beginning of the third act, but there are four acts now. So you have two acts of setup, disaster, two acts of recovery from the disaster. And I would say the importance of this is when you have a really big disaster, you know, the worst blizzard in history or a zombie apocalypse, the characters are going to need more than, you know, four or five scenes to deal with this. And that's why you put it in the middle. So, so if you're going to do kind of a disaster story, um, four-act structure really works. And uh, maybe we can think about a couple of those. Um, I'm thinking of The Fugitive, which is, the disaster wasn't, you know, the biggest blizzard in history or a zombie apocalypse. But um, if you remember the movie The Fugitive, the one with Harrison Ford and Tommy Lee Jones, the first half is Harrison Ford's experience of being arrested, being charged, being convicted, and then he escapes and he goes on the run. And it feels to him like he might even have uh, gotten away. And then Harris, or Tommy Lee Jones, the FBI, or the you know, U.S. Marshal, I guess, um, goes after him. And he chases him to, you know, some waterfall up in the hills and in southern Illinois. And it does not exist. And Tommy Lee, it exists in North Carolina. Yes. <laughs> it's amazing how many things get filmed in North Carolina. I remember Last of the Mohicans, which is another one where uh, he, someone jumped in the very middle, jumps uh, off. Uh, that was supposed to be set in upstate New York, and it was. I recognized it. I'm from Southern Virginia, so I recognized. Oh, that looks like North Carolina. Um, but anyway, in in uh, Tommy Lee Jones is about to arrest him, and Harrison Ford jumps off the 600 foot uh, culvert and. and uh, appears to fall to his death and so that's when the disaster happens because Tommy Lee Jones has not gotten his man in fact he drove the guy to suicide um, and uh, so you know difficult to explain back to the guys at headquarters and for Harrison Ford obviously it seems like a complete disaster because he seems like he's dead being Harrison Ford of course he's not dead but um, but so the first half of the story is Harrison Ford basically as the prisoner the second half is Harrison Ford is the fugitive, and the middle there is the disaster. So you have two acts of setup, Harrison Ford is the prisoner, two acts of Harrison Ford is the fugitive. But what another th interesting thing that happens is that uh, it um, t Tommy Lee Jones becomes more and more important. You have the two of them at odds in the first two acts, and they're basically allies in the second two acts um, in the, the end when Harrison Ford's trying to find out who really killed his wife. So 
So if you think of, I'll have to put a design in there, but if you, if you think of a great big triangle uh, that of equilateral sides there, then um, the, the side on the left is the first two axes set up, and at the very top, top is the crisis, and then you have an equal uh, amount of time spent recovering from the crisis, the disaster. So that's a four-act uh, play. Let's see our four-act structure. Um, you have equal time for both preparation for the disaster and recovery from the disaster. And so if your story needs that, if the characters need more time to cope with this disaster, that's what you want. So what are some other ideas? We talked about Jaws, which is another yes. disaster. When, you know, one of the first disaster films. The, so I was trying to, I was trying to think and figure out uh, uh, four-act structure and the only the only thing that I could think of there's definitely more I just wasn't able to think of them um, but would be uh, Final Fantasy 8 now that's a video game and yes. you, it's, it's a Japanese video game yes okay um, by uh, Square Enix back before they went bankrupt and were still Square Soft um, and it's I mean, it's a story about a group of friends who, I mean, they're essentially college students, except the college they go to is about fighting. Well, uh, it is fantasy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it's, it, but even though it's a really weird fantasy, because it's, so like, there are automobiles mm -hmm. and uh, speedboats and probably helicopters or mm -hmm. things like that. So it's a... Um, it's 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 beyond steampunk, mm -hmm. even. Um, but Steam, yet internal combustion engine. Yeah, punk. but I mean, but so even then, like most of so like guns exist, but still most people fight with swords. Okay, cool. Yeah, um, but I mean, it's really I mean, it's about a group of friends who completely unintentionally. Uh, stumble upon a plot to break all reality. Um, and so they decide to stop it. But they also, but they don't realize that it, so at first they think they're just fighting against like so the first two acts, they think they're fighting against this empire that's trying to expand and conquer. Okay, hang on a minute. So, the discovery that this kind of warping reality is not doesn't happen in the middle. It happens in the first. No, no, no. It happens exactly in the middle uh, during the. Oh, but they don't know why they're fighting. They don't know what they're fighting. They, the yes. realization is right. This is a disaster. Yeah. So the. I mean, I guess technically she'd be the female lead. Um, uh, falls into a coma, and is like possessed by a sorceress that has been it, it's really weird and hard to explain but so like there was a sorceress and she was evil and so they couldn't kill her but they could like cryogenically freeze her and send her into space by the moon um and so but so even though her body wasn't awake she her consciousness was able to 
infect Renoa and was attempting to take control of her. Okay. Uh, and that happens in the middle. Yes, in the very middle. And also, so the Sorceress Adele is not the actual villain. Okay. Like, five times you think you know the villain and you're wrong. I That's one thing that's kind of interesting, because one of the ways that you have four-act structure is you have two acts going down the, the far side of the mountain, and uh, one of the ways you keep it interesting is you have what I call the secret master yes. villain. And that that is revealed like at the end of Act 3, the beginning of Act 4. Yes, um, and it, it, which is exactly how this is done. And in The Fugitive, you know, it, it, it's up until the time when it's really kind of clear, what is it, Cigarette Smoking Man or whatever? Or was that X-Files? No, it was X-Files. Okay. No, it's the, the uh, one-armed one one one. man. I know it was a man. <laughs> one-armed man. Um uh, you know, until they get to, to Harrison Ford and Tommy Lee Jones are actually starting to look for that. Um, Harrison Ford is still assumed to have been the murderer, and so the, they bring on the real villain, the additional villain, in Act Three, and and so that's that's a way to keep things from flagging on on the uh, on the second half. It's not just oh, we're going to solve this disaster. Something else is going to happen, too. So in yours, yeah, in, there is a secret master villain. Yeah, in Final Fantasy VIII, at first they think the villain, the sorceress, who has uh, essentially uh, done a coup d'etat against the, the empire that is expanding, who they think they're fighting against. Um, but so then they realize, basically, she was our foster mother... And she wouldn't do this. Um, I'm sure this makes more sense. Yeah, no. It, <laughs> uh, mostly yes, but no, it also kind of just doesn't make very much sense. But it's a JRPG, so you're j we forgive it. Um, Japanese are uh, yes. role-playing game. Okay. Yes. Um, but so you think she's the villain. They find and save her and... She says, no, I was, you know, under control of, uh, you know, this sorceress. And like, oh, it must be Adele who is in the dumb space station by the moon. Um, and then when they defeat and kill her, it turns out, no, it's this ancient sorceress that exists beyond time. And so she's trying to destroy reality so that she can rule everything it it honestly didn't make very much sense well let's go through how the acts would work so yeah. the first act ends where uh the first act ends the, so okay so the first act ends i would say the first act ends when the main character squalls rival defects to the evil empire. Okay. And the Galbadia. Second, the second act ends with a disaster. Yes. The, so the coma, the, the realization this Adele's okay. Yeah, so the yeah, the second act I guess would end when they can so they've confronted who they think is the villain uh, she almost kills the main character. Um, he 
barely recover. He recovers, and then they get attacked, um, and they fight her again, and this time properly defeat her. But then, so in defeat, the sorceress that was possessing her now instead moves to uh, Renoa, who is uh, the female me- lead and the love interest, and I mean, really, it ends with her collapsing. Okay, and then Act Three. So we're on the downslope mm-hmm. here towards resolution. In Act Three, where would you say what I'm trying to is that there's a pivot there, there's a turning point at the end of each act in the four mm-hmm. act structure. So what would? Uh, well, so the turning point at the beginning of the third of four acts is that so Squall the main character who normally I mean he's a lot like Hamlet in that he would rather brood than act Um, and so all of his friends have been pressuring him that so he's all so he's made to be a leader when he doesn't want to lead and so then so the first two acts all of his friends everyone in his in-group have been pushing him to lead, and he hasn't wanted to. And then he does, and then as soon as that happens, you know, the woman he's in love with gets hurt, and so they're saying, no, why are you trying to lead us? You need to be saving her. And so he's he's even more conflicted, and it gives him more to brood about, and so even though he's... The, so the school that he grew up in that has raised him, he's in charge, he's the leader of now, um, and he's finally come to terms with that, but now things have changed, and so in his mind the only way he can save the woman he loves is to take her out of the hospital that's keeping her alive and carry her across a bridge to another continent. Um, and I mean, like for the character, it's a really huge moment. Now that so that's in Act Three. Yes, that's the very beginning of Act Three. But what? so the disaster is, and what actually quite cleverly is, the disaster is not the world-ending event. It's his girlfriend, who's not his girlfriend at this point, getting hurt. Okay. And that's one of the things to keep in mind, that in 3X structure or 4X structure, the crisis, the disaster usually comes with an emotional mm-hmm. or internal dark moment. Something bad, you know, something happens inside. It's uh, In Jaws, for example, it was the realization by Roy Scheider, the, the sheriff or police chief or whatever he was, uh, realizing he cannot protect the children mm-hmm. uh, or his town, and uh, so so that there's this you know there's a drop off. So here we come to act the end of Act Three, and as we we're saying, this is often where you bring on this you make the realization of the secret master. Villain. Yes, which is what happens. So they go to uh, Esther, which is like a super technologically advanced nation in this fictional fantasy world um and um and so they save Renoa but in the process it wakes up S- sorceress Adele who 
was evil and they weren't able to kill her but they were able to incapacitate her um and so then you have to fight her but she's all weak and just waking up and so relatively easy easily she's defeated but then it's um, realized since this plot is still going on that she was not the actual you know villain behind this plot and it was an even more ancient sorceress who uh so i mean really the sorceress adele the only reason she did all of her evil stuff is because she was possessed by altamesia who is not a very good villain um but that's but, the big, then that realization brings on Act yes. Four. One of the things to keep when you have kind of this sort of complication um, in a three act structure, uh, often it's it's if the, the villain's the villain, the antagonist mm -hmm. the antagonist. Uh, but in a four act structure, it allows you to do that thing that Hollywood just loves so much, which is um, uh, they they say you can never kill the dragon once; you always have to kill it twice. And what this meant for a while was that. They, they would have, you know, Godzilla come back to life or whoever it was, King Kong. And the problem is, is that it that felt like just a repetition and not an yeah. escalation. Where with the secret master villain, you have, you know, the disaster where you think, oh my gosh, I got Adele to take care of. And then you do that and you think, hey, yay, and bring on the super master villain to say, oh, we're not done yet. But yes. it's not repetition because it's someone else, because it's some, something deeper and something well, bigger. Yeah, and so, I mean, in this case, as scared as we were of Adele, of this villain, you know, someone who is strong enough to possess her instantly is so much more terrifying. Because this, this character, this figure that we were afraid of, this entity was even more powerful. Yeah, and that's the, the thing. I mean, I think that if you do that, you want to go back and make sure in Act 1 you kind of hint that there's something. But the the big thing is that um, it causes the protagonists, the characters, to have to grow because they are not done yet, mm -hmm. and this is even worse. So in Act 4, that's why you need two full acts, really, to deal with a disaster is because it's even worse than it seems like at yeah. first. Um, and so, you know, in apocalyptic things, there'll be the apocalypse of the disaster, and even worse is the roaming bands of zombies or monsters unleashed by the disaster. Um, so, which, so I would say The Walking Dead, except that The Walking Dead is never going to end, so it doesn't have yeah. acts. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing with, with, with continuing things. If we are looking at a contained structure yes. of one season of TV or one movie or one book, um, the four-act structure works primarily, I think, with these kind of, I mean, when we think of all these, they t the books and movies that have that structure, they tend to be thrillers of some kind, uh, something intense, something uh, where... Uh, supernatural, or so, and um, I did have a book actually. I looked at my own books, about seventeen or eighteen novels, and and um, almost all are three act structure. But I, then I realized that one is a four act structure, and um, it's uh, charity begins at home, and um, the, this is a real simple little romance. But um, in the first half of the book, Charity falls in love with this guy and gets engaged to him, and then 
at the middle, she realizes he doesn't love her, and he, she breaks up with him. And so the disaster is she realizes he doesn't love her and breaks up with him. And the rest of the book is him trying to win her back. And so I, I went back and I counted, and so there are 22 chapters, and the disaster happens at chapter 11. So right smack dead in the middle, and that's not something I planned. Also, I, I didn't realize, you know, Act 1 is they meet, and Act 2, at the beginning of Act 2, there's the, the, the first sense that this is going to be romantic, and um, then uh, and then and very quickly the proposal, and then Act Three begins with the disaster. Act Four begins when he really indicates or shows that he sees her as a human being and not just as a you know pr potentially the perfect wife. So so that broke it very naturally into four acts and. I, I'm just using that as an example to show it doesn't have to be about zombies. It doesn't have to be about monsters. That any book in which there is a disaster that's going to take a while to recover from, to triumph over, you might look at the four-act structure. And that could be anything psychological or um, a relationship story. It doesn't have to be monsters. It's just that um, the three-act structure allows for a whole lot of personal growth in the middle. And that then when the person is faced with the disaster, they've grown enough that they can deal with it pretty expeditiously. In the four-act structure, they haven't grown fully until the disaster happens. Um, they, they haven't grown enough, and then they have to grow after it. So it really is going to depend on a couple things. Is, you know, what's, what is the disaster if you have a villain? Uh, how bad is the villain? Um, it also, I would say, has to do with how much your main character um, has to grow before dealing with it and after. And um, the one thing that I just think is the most important, though, is if it's going to take a long time for these people to get over the disaster, 4X structure is better because it hasn't happened, you know, on page 200 of the 400-page book. Um, rather than page 350, <laughs> where they have to, you know, three scenes somehow manage to deal with the apocalypse. So, so, um, so that's the big thing with the four act structure. Do you have any other ideas? Um, the, I mean, so I only have one story that I've written slash and still writing that has a four act structure, um, and. Um, exactly. So exactly in the middle, the female lead who's in love with the male lead has told his girlfriend who is his essentially his first long-term relationship that, uh, that they have, in fact, had a sexual relationship. Um, she knows that this is going to be a problem, um... And that's why she does it. And so then uh, his girlfriend breaks up with him because he lied to her. Um, and then immediately after that, uh, Miranda, the female lead, admits to him that she's in love with him and that she wants them to be together. And that's... That's the disaster, but it's also the resolution that these two characters want. But that, but they're not ready for it right. yet. And that's the thing is, if they're ready for it, you want to go three act. Mm 
Yeah. Uh, I would like to point it's out, exactly. though, it's always funny that when you say, well, telling the truth, that's the disaster. Yes. But in books, often telling the truth is the disaster. <laughs> Learning the truth, realizing the truth is often a true, a real disaster. Um, with yours, I see, okay, so you say he lied. Yep. So, And when you have more than one protagonist, 4X structures yes. often work kind of good because you can... The, you can use the acts to switch back and mm -hmm. forth between them being the main character. Uh, so an act one maybe might end with him lying to his girlfriend. That would be his um, sort of major act, which sets up then why the truth is so bad. Yeah. The truth would be bad enough, but it's even worse because he'd lied. And so you have act one ends with the lie, act two ends with the truth, act three ends with... Um, I mean, I guess act three ends with him realizing that you know I love I also love her and then when he tries to communicate that to her she says no it's too late you had your opportunity uh, and you threw it away. That's um, actually in, in the book I was charity book. It's 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 the you think oh these characters are just being difficult, but this is the way it, you know people yeah. act. And when you have a relationship disaster, this is uh, uh, it takes a while to get over it, and so you often need to have the secret master villain, even if the secret master villain is just you know, people um, getting there too late or something like that. You know, we call it the secret master villain, but in fact, we just mean the secondary disaster. Um, and I think that it's, it's that one thing with relationships to, to keep in, that we should all keep in mind is when you have a relationship, it's, um, it's sometimes easier to do these issues in four acts because it allows you to, to have each of them kind of star both in the, you know, the first two acts he, he set up, she set up. The second two acts, she starts the resolution, he finishes the resolution, things like that. So so it sort of replicates the whole idea of a relationship and working together in collaboration, in the end, at least. Um, I think the other just structural thing is that when you were talking, I realized in the three-act structure, the beginning of the acts are important. Mm -hmm. In the four-act structure, the end of the yeah. act is, is where the real turning points are. Um, and which would make for more of a cliffhanger mm -hmm. uh, kind of we, feel. So, I mean, we were talking before we before we started recording about this that like television is what I thought of. Mm -hmm. So episodes, um, but seasons that have an overarching plot. And so, like, it, to me, I thought of uh, a it's a two season television show and so the first two acts are the first season the second two acts are the second season mm -hmm. and just uh, yeah because you want to end the first season the finale is a big yes. disaster and yeah. the second season is recovering from that disaster yeah yeah I also think this is something uh, to look into also an hour long television show uh, I mean sometimes mm. just like with the five act thing and that the, the stagehands needs to get the, in there and move the set and Television, you have to make time for the commercials. Yes. And um, so, that, that, so, and at the before the end, uh, before the commercial comes on, there usually has to be something to keep the people from changing the channel. So, some kind of cliffhanger or big turning point or something like that. Um, so, Charles, I guess uh, long answer to a short question. Uh, the that. Um, one of the things that I think that we both realized is that. 
we don't specifically set out to say we're going to write a four-act structure story. What we do is is uh, write the book, and then we look back and we think, oh my God, the disaster's in the middle. Is that a problem? And then realize, no, instinctively, we put it in the right place. The problem is you can't always count on instinct. So if there's something going wrong with your story, if you feel like it drags in the middle or something like that, go back and look and see, have you imposed the wrong structure on it? Um, or if you, if you, this is a three-act structure, the middle act has to continually rise in tension and intensity until nearly the end of the book. And so understand that if you lag, if you have a sagging middle there, this might not be the right structure for you. You might need to want to. You might want to try the four X structure. Mm -hmm. And so, but I think that you know, I think we both found it's basically instinctive uh, that you know sometimes you put the disaster in the right in the middle because you intuitively understand it's going to take a while for them to recover from this. Um, they're not ready for it yet. Um, so, um, so the, 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 these are all perfectly worthy structures. Um, it's just that they might be better for different things. And I will say, you know, when I thought of all the books I've written, only one was a four-act structure, which doesn't mean anything except that three-act structures are probably far more common, and they're far more of what the reader's going to expect. And so if you, um, if you put the disaster in the middle, really think about if that's what you want. And it might be, but it's not what the reader's going to expect. So, any other thoughts? Uh, just pick a structure that works for your story for your plot um all i mean all of these devices that we're trying to teach it's to make the story better right <laughs> and that that's it like if you don't need to go out of your way to write a three-act story or a four-act story it's if it would work better with four acts to make it 4x. And I would also say, if there's a problem, if you've written the story or you've plotted it out and there's a problem, especially if you look at the middle and it's lagging, the tension has all died, then you might think it's a structural problem and, and you might look at the different mm -hmm. options you have, 3x, 4x, 5x, um, and see if changing things around so they fit one of the other uh, uh, structures better might, uh, might fix the problem. So good luck, Charles. Let us know if you have other questions. Thank you to Nick Weber and the Heartland Heretics for the intro and outro music. This is James Raisley. We'll be back next time to discuss another plot element.